Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Read with Michelle Martin. The business landscape is littered with a wreckage of companies that crashed and burned when hit by forces of disruption they were ill-equipped to respond to. Could a business strategy used since 2016, premised on destruction, help leaders strategize for the future in the midst of an accelerating pace of change? The Phoenix Encounter is a new method of leadership thinking now made accessible for the general reader in a new book. Professor Ian Woodward is Professor of Management Practice at INSEAD. He directs its flagship advanced management program and he is co-author of the book that we are reading today, The Phoenix Encounter Method, Lead Like Your Business is on Fire. Professor Woodward, good morning. Good morning, Michelle. Great to join you and your your money listeners. Fantastic to speak with you. So first up, is does this book put forward a rather radical strategy for leadership and management? It's a radical strategy for leadership thinking. And I think, Michelle, this is where all of this starts. How does a leader think about the future? And we started some research around five years ago when a series of global C-suite CEO leaders came to us and said, you know, we're facing disruption everywhere, whether or not it's technology changes in business models. How do we cope with this? How do we think about the future? When we did our research, we found that the biggest problem was the mindsets and the attitudes of leaders, particularly from legacy or traditional firms, who basically were creating strategic options by looking in the rearview mirror. So when you look in the rearview mirror, you see successes of the past, but there are also blind spots in that mirror. And it doesn't allow you to see, if you like, the bends in the road that are coming up, those dramatic changes. So what we did was a radical method to imagine burning your business entirely to the ground and then rise phoenix-like, like the mythical bird, from the ashes. And to do that using unconstrained firepower. And when leaders actually do this, what happens is it opens up a much, much wider range of options that they can consider for their future growth and development. And that's what we've been working on over the last five years. Such a fascinating title and framework for change. Help us understand how CEOs can best leverage disruption in your view. So the first thing is that disruption can be both a threat and an opportunity. And that's where the mindset starts. Does the CEO imagine disruption as an opportunity where they can take offensive gain? Or do they imagine it? purely as a threat where they move into reactive defensiveness. So the first thing is get the mindset right. Do I think I want to take opportunity? Then the second is to build a set of practices, a set of habits as a leader, as a CEO, that look around the world and see where the winds of change are, especially outside your industry and outside your geography. And I'll repeat that again because this is absolutely crucial to our research work that we found as where the method has worked. Look and scan well outside our industry because traditional CEOs, have a tendency to be very expert and deep in the industry sectors they're involved in. But they don't necessarily look to what changes are occurring elsewhere. 
And what we've known in the 21st century is that the winds of what we call firestorm disruption, these tremendous winds of change, the things that shifted passenger mobility services to digital mobile connection, that shifted delivery services and the like, that the actual underlying business models and disruptive ideas actually emerged in other industry sectors. So try and look well beyond and then see where the opportunities might lie and then ask, what if we were to apply some of those ideas here? If we were to disrupt our own industry or our own industry paradigm and therefore take first mover or second mover advantage options that allow us to create new value for different stakeholders, employees, customers, investors and the like. So CEOs can best leverage disruption by scanning and then by imagineering, thinking about lots of different ideas, having a much wider set of strategic options to play with and then doing things like pilot projects. So we've had, for example, CEOs who did pilot projects that came out of their encounter exercises in the private hospital market in the last couple of years. Now, some of those pilot exercises included doing things like experimentation with robotics. Well, when COVID hit, those experimentations have now become mainstream uh, operational modes. And so they were ahead of the curve. And we've seen this over and over again, that where experimentation is done from a much wider set of options, then the opportunities then present themselves to create new value. So CEOs can leverage disruption by thinking ahead. It's not out of the box thinking, it's way beyond that. It is imagining very radical options. What is the hallmark of leaders who think this way, a leader who's able to scan beyond, I suppose, what the legacy mindset allows them to see? We kind of, we call these leaders in our book dreamers and doers. They can dream and imagine, but then they can do and execute, and that they gather around them people who will give them completely opposite viewpoints. And this is central to this method. So if you're thinking about destroying your own business and then rising Phoenix-like from the ashes, you need to have completely opposite viewpoints at the debate table when you're thinking about strategic moves. And these differential perspectives create ideas that are well outside that rear view mirror. And that we've seen over and over again is a a success mode for imagining things before they happen. Uh, Disruption has been accelerating. And, you know, disruption and innovation have been with us for centuries. Uh, The electric light, steam engine. What is different in the 21st century is the speed, scale and scope, the velocity of change and how digitization and technology, together with other change drivers, are allowing disruption to occur in much shorter timeframes. So if leaders are thinking about this as part of their ongoing strategic dialogue, then they're likely to be more prepared. Sort of forewarned is forearmed. So if CEOs can benefit from viewpoints that are quite different from their own, contradictory even, what does this mean for HR leaders in terms of who they decide should be on the bus? What can HR leaders take from this book? Well, I think, I think there are three things that we highlight and, and have come up in our work with HR leaders. The first is you can use the encounter method itself 
as a form of talent development. So you can get high potential younger talent, put them through an encounter method, go through the strategic exercises. And this stress testers, stress tests and stretches the mindsets of that younger talent. The second is that talent itself has changed and been disrupted. And if we look at the winds of change from COVID that are going to, that have been accelerated uh, from what was there before, for example, a much more intergenerational workforce, a desire for more flexibility. Uh, we show HR professionals how they can use encounter-like thinking to imagine future competencies because a lot of competency models that are created for for garnering employees or selecting people are based on competencies of today and the past. So we challenge HR to help their leadership uh, develop a set of competencies that are future-facing. What will be needed three years from now, five years from now, inside our business? And therefore, that helps with the recruitment. And the third element is think, rethinking HR as a strategic partnership right across the business because talent and the engagement of people is central to any kind of innovation and change. And it's no use saying, well, we're going to have a series of pilot projects, we're going to change business models, we're going to make this investment, and it's going to be very different to the way we operated in the past if the culture and the people are not trained and developed to be able to do that. So HR leaders have a crucial place in thinking about the change orientations to take advantage of disruption. Professor Ian C. Woodward joining us live on Read. And today we're reading the Phoenix Encounter Method, Lead Like Your Business is on Fire. So, Professor, I understand this method has been used since 2016 for your senior executive programs in INSEAD. I wonder if you can take us uh, to the roots of this methodology. So our roots came firstly from the research work that sort of identified the core issue and problem, which was how do we face disruption if we have legacy thinkers and then how do we switch our mindsets? So our roots are in, in psychology and also in economics and in strategy and business models and technology development. It's a multiplicity of different academic streams and that's why we have multiple authors in this book who have backgrounds in different elements of this. And so we start with how do we switch the mindset? How do we move that? And the only way we found that was successful is using a technique we call radical ideation. That is the development of completely opposite radical ideas that would be totally destructive and disruptive to the organization. And then how do we make sure that we take those, uh, take those uh, ideas and put them into play. And so the methodology was done in process and in steps. I wonder what, what you'd say to CEOs or individuals who feel profound discomfort uh, with you know, uh, mixed feelings almost of imagining their businesses being raised to the ground. What, what happens then? Uh, this is an interesting, uh, this is a really interesting question, Michelle, because in the encounter exercises, one of the most significant things we deal with is helping with psychologically safe emotional support because it's firstly it's uncomfortable for a CEO 
to to seek out completely opposite viewpoints. I mean, these people are successful. They've they've done well. Uh, they have strong views, and they have deep knowledge and experience. So that in and of itself is confronting. And then the notion of destroying something that is cherished is emotionally challenging. So the method includes a series of steps that allow us to brief and debrief each of those, if you like, psychologically emotional orientations at each step of the way. Uh, You just can't do this without uh, confronting those issues. And, and certainly when we've run and we've had more than one and a half thousand uh, senior business leaders from around the world go through encounter exercises, when we've done all of these, we pay particular attention to this and highlight it beforehand. But it's one thing to talk about it in theory. It's another thing to live through it in the practice of the method. And so importantly, the facilitators help support that engagement. Fascinating. Do we know if this is a tried and tested method? Well, we, we've had more than 1,500 business leaders. I think it's actually up now to 1,800 go through the method. Mm-hmm. And it's produced some pr- pretty spectacular results. So for example, in one of the chapters of the book, we take, talk about the story of a person who will call Amy. These are obviously anonymized for confidentiality reasons, who is the incoming CEO of a British healthcare and aged care services group who doesn't encounter a couple of years ago. And she, as she comes into the role, she not only imagines destroying the business, she engages her board and her senior leadership team in this ideation process as well. Now, this has led to a complete change in the operating business model here. Uh, They have built in an ecosystem of partners in allied healthcare services. They have accelerated pilot projects using artificial intelligence and robotics in their both aged care and hospital services. They've created a digitized platform for a new user experience for all of their uh, uh, patients and many patients who go on to their aged care facilities. So this is really a real example of this. Another example was a financial services group from Eastern Europe Mm. who were really facing very, very significant challenges and created not a customer-centric new business model, but a completely digitized new way of doing business out of their encounter experience. Fascinating. We're speaking with Professor Ian C. Woodward. He's a co-author of The Phoenix Encounter Method, step-by-step guide to allowing yourself as a leader to throw yourself and your organization into the firestorm of change and emerge Phoenix-like. What would you say, Professor, are the most important determinants of corporate strategy to address change in a post-COVID world? I think the number one priority currently for C-suite leaders thinking about post-COVID is to imagine how the firestorm disruptive trends that were there prior to COVID and that have been accelerated during COVID are going to play out post-COVID. So if we imagine that a leader is currently helping survive and stabilize their business or take opportunities, they are there in the COVID situation. They also need to step back and say, what trends will be further accelerated and remain post-COVID? 
what changes in consumer behavior, what changes in technology, what changes in the way the workforce operates, what potential changes in government regulation and public policy will be there post-COVID. And then imagining those changes, asking what if? What if we took advantage of those? How might we do that? And what would we need to prepare ourselves before the end of the pandemic to be able to do so? So this is, you know, thinking about how, if we're going to secure our future, do we imagine being Phoenix-like for the post-COVID environment and doing that in a comprehensive way? And, and we've been involved in a lot of discussions, obviously, this year uh, with senior leaders and leadership teams going through the thought experiment of what if these trends are, remain accelerated post-COVID? What will that mean for the nature of the way you run your workforce? What you might do for a permanent change in your operating business model? What it might mean for technology and partnerships? And of course, all of this can then interrelate to the traditional business leaders, things like mergers, acquisitions, business optimization, asset uh, efficiency and the like, to say that the core business is fortified and growing and then can provide the resources for the innovation initiatives that are going to position us to be market leaders post-COVID. Fascinating book. He's Professor Ian C. Woodward, and we're reading The Phoenix Encounter Method, Lead Like Your Business is on Fire. I'm Michelle Martin. Thanks for reading with me. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.